This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Eglin UFOs, not human. That's correct, Eglin UFOs, not human. Of course, we're talking about the Eglin uh, United States Air Force Base down there in Florida. A long history of UFOs being spotted there. We'll start off with the most recent case and then get into a little bit about uh, Representative uh, Matt uh, Getz's uh report of seeing uh, images of UFOs that he describes as just not having human origin. And I also want to look at an older case back from the late 60s. This stuff's been going on a long time. A lot of people suspect maybe it's because the proximity to the Gulf Coast down there, there could possibly be some sort of underwater UFO base. I mean, it'd be a perfect place for it. But at any rate, some very weird stuff. And of course, our government is not being up front about it while you're being gaslighted and told that they're going to have this big uh, disclosure document dump, uh, they're hiding stuff like crazy. That's what I see, at least. Now, this first article is from dailystar.co.uk, and I, I just want to remind you that you can find this, the links, I'll put the links on all this stuff over at the uh, co-fi.com site. Uh, that's where I've been putting my latest stuff at. It's co-fi.com and then sub UFO warning and you'll find the you'll find my uh, little hangout over there very easy to find you can also support the program thanks to the folks that do that and also at Spotify so getting along with this article the title says special forces soldier going for late night Siggy stumbles on UFO test flight UFO investigator Ross Coulter has revealed a special forces soldier who left his hospital ward for a smoke spotted a ufo hovering in a clearing in a brief flutter above the trees written by ton james this is dated december 9th 2023 so this is pretty new stuff ross coulter he's been releasing a bunch of stuff i mean uh good for him thanks thanks to ross for filling us in all this stuff we'll, we'll go through it and sort out the facts it says a special forces soldier sneaking a late night siggy may have of course this is written you know by the daily star so you'll have some of these uh English euphemisms. A special forces soldier sneaking a late night Siggy may have stumbled across a UFO test flight. He was recovering in an Air Force Base hospital when he saw the craft hovering before leaving at an astonishing speed. He claims it was being worked on by military and civilian personnel. The encounter was revealed to investigator Ross Coulter, who believes the U.S. military is in possession of non human technology. He said the soldier was at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida when he left his hospital ward to smoke. He did so at 2 in the morning and spotted the UFO hovering in a clearing. Coulter said as he watched the object quite literally almost dematerialized, it moved so fast. All he saw was brief flutter above the trees. 20 minutes later, he watched it return. I don't think this guy's lying. When I looked at a Google map description of, loca of location, it's precise to a T. He goes on and says, it was clearly high security. He was gobsmacked that he was allowed to see it. I don't think they were aware that he was there. He told the Chris Kumo Project podcast, I have dozens of accounts like that from U.S. military personnel who've seen things they probably shouldn't. In the summer 
fighter pilots from Eglin Air Force Base showed U.S. politicians a photo of one of four UFOs they encountered over the Gulf of Mexico. Military top brass initially blocked them from sharing details of the incident. Congressman Matt Getz, who saw a photo of one of the craft, said, The image was of a UAP that I am not able to match to any human capability. In other words, these things aren't human. So there you have it. That's the that's the most recent. And we have this uh, account of this UFO being flown over this Air Force base where this fellow thought that it was being test-driven. He doesn't give us a name. He doesn't give us a date. He just gives us a story, but this could maybe open up into some more revelations down the road. The important part of the story to me is the fact that Matt Gates goes down there, or Matt Gates, I guess I should say, goes down there to um, Florida, tells him, hey, we need to see this UFO stuff, and they tell him to go pound sand. Finally, now we realize that they were, I think, taken into this room, maybe one at a time or something, and showed some pictures. We don't even know you know, if the pictures are authentic, but it sounds like it because Matt comes back and says, well, these things don't look like they're made by humans to me. So clearly cover up. Okay. So the very week that they're supposed to be uh, ordering the defense department to uh, begin disclosure of all this UFO stuff, even though we know what's going to happen. If there is disclosures, it's going to be page after page of blacked out material. But even that first little tiny step, we've got two people that happen to be powerful Republican chairman right now that are blocking it. And while they're blocking it, the Daily Beast and Bloomberg are coming out and gaslighting people and telling them, oh, there's about to be a big reveal. Don't hold your breath. But we are making progress with uh, help of a few good congressmen, it seems like, are getting some stuff released. Like I said, what we need are the unredacted documents. That's where you're going to find the truth at. Now, I want to go ahead and take a look at this article from July. It's earlier this year, 2023, talking a little bit more about Matt Gates's experience down there in Florida. He's a congressman down there, of course. I think he's lived there his whole life. I'm not sure. This is from PNJ.com, uh, Pensacola News Journal. So local paper down there. Article's written by Jim Little, Pensacola News Journal. It says, Matt Gates says, a photo of UFO orb not of human capability taken by Eglin Air Force Base. Not of human capability. Reminds me of that little gal on the airplane yelling at somebody. They're not human. I can just see Matt down there yelling at that picture. It's not human. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. But yet we're being told that these things don't have, that, that, that none of them violate the laws of physics. That's what's said in, in the congressional hearing. U.S. Representative Matt Gates asked a House Oversight Committee to subpoena radar data and images from a UFO encounter with U.S. Air Force pilots off the coast of Florida in the Gulf of Mexico earlier this year. Gates said from the images he saw of the object, he was not able to attach any human capability, either from the United States or from any of our adversaries. The comments came during a House Oversight Subcommittee Wednesday as it heard testimony on UAPs or unidentified anomalous phenomena, the U.S. government's preferred term for what is more properly known as unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Three former military members with first-hand knowledge testified about their experience of how the federal government handled the encounter with UFOs. The hearing was a bipartisan effort to pressure the executive branch to publicly disclose, disclose more of what it knows about the UAPs and their origin. Gates, who does not sit on the subcommittee but was allowed to question the witnesses as a guest, described his own recent experience investigating the issue. Gates said that several months ago his office received a protective disclosure of a UAP encounter off the coast of Florida 
from Eglin Air Force Base in Okaloosa County, Gates traveled to Northwest Florida with Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett and Florida Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, where they asked to meet with the pilots and see any images and radar data from the incident. Quote, we were not afforded access to all of the flight crew and initially we were not afforded access to images and to radar data, Gates said. So three setting U.S. congressmen not allowed to see the flight crew and visit with the guys that seen these things. Thereafter, we had a bit of discussion about how authorities flow in the United States of America and we did see the images and we did meet with one member of the flight crew who took the image. And that's lawyers speak for them saying, how would you like to have your funding cut off? Now, there's only so much that three congressmen can do when you're standing up against an organization that can't account for $1.55 trillion, half of their assets, half the trucks missing, half the, the tanks missing, half the bullets missing, half the uniforms missing, half the buildings missing, half the money missing, $1.55 trillion, about $9,000 per taxpayer. The phrase, I do what I want, comes to mind. But, to Matt Gates' credit, he did get to see a picture and talk to one pilot. Gates said he's personally seen the radar data from the incident. One of the pilots goes to check out that diamond formation and sees a large floating, what I could only describe as an orb. Again, like I said, not having any human capability that I'm aware of, Gates said. And when he approached, he said that his radar went down. He said that his FLIR infrared camera system malfunctioned and that he had to manually take this image from one of the lenses. The three witnesses at the hearing said Gates' story aligns with her own knowledge of UAPs. Retired Commander David Fravor, a Navy pilot who filmed the now famous Tic Tac object in 2004 from a flight off the coast of California, said the ability to disable military aircraft radar should be a national security concern and said the object filmed in 2004 did the same thing to his aircraft. It completely disabled the radar on the aircraft when I tried to do it, and the only way we could see it is passively, which how we got that image, Favor said. Honestly, do you think that if the Russians or the Chinese had the power to disable radar at you know on command like that, do you think that this whole stuff in Ukraine would still be going on? Do you think Taiwan would still be called Taiwan? If they had that kind of military power, I don't. And I could pretty much say the same thing for the U.S. I mean, considering, you know, what's going on in our country today, if our military had the power to just disable radar at will, would things look the way they do? I'm not sure. The recording on the ATFLIR system shows a single object that rotates, Graves said. You hear the pilots refer to a fleet of objects that is not visible on the FLIR system. Graves said he also has some anger that reporting the UAP incident was so tough and the military should have better tools for pilots to be able to report such encounters. Well, I'm sorry, but the same organization that can't find it $1.55 trillion does not want to be a, does not want to be a, a burdened with the additional task of finding UFOs. Okay. Getz said the pilot told him explicitly that reporting UAP incidents is discouraged. It was stated explicitly to me by these test pilots that if you have a UAP experience, the best thing you can do for your career is forget it and not tell anyone, Get said. Yeah, kind of like if you see somebody 
uh, squandering money from the Pentagon. Why talk about it? I mean, it'll just add to the 1.55 trillion they can't find right now. Why would you want to endanger your own career? Because any type of reporting, either above the surface or below the surface, does have a perceived consequence to these people. And that is a culture we must change if we want to get to the truth. Oh, it's got consequences, all right. And you can bet they aren't good. The third witness who testified Wednesday was retired U.S. Air Force Major David Grush, who has become a whistleblower on the government's UAP program. Grush told the committee that when he was detailed to the National Reconnaissance Office, which operates U.S. spy satellites, he served as that office's representative on the UAP task force at the Pentagon, where he learned of a military program set up to recover crashed UAPs and reverse engineering technology. The military has previously denied Grush's assertions that any such program exists after Grush made the claim during a media interview in June. So... They give you a little, they take a lot. They give you a little, they take a lot. Now, moving along with this Grush thing, before we look at this last case, I found this from House.gov. It's a government website and it, it, talking about Getz's experience. And it, it's dated June 27, 2023, article by Jim Little, it says. I think he wrote a pretty nice uh, news article on this. Matt Getz says, a photo of UFO orb not of human capability taken by Elgin Eglin Air Force Base. And then it tells here that it was published on the Pensacola News Journal. U.S. Representative Matt Scase asked a House Oversight Subcommittee to subpoena radar data and images from a UFO encounter with the U.S. pilots off the coast of Florida in the Gulf of Mexico earlier this year. And then it goes on. It just tells you the same thing we talked about in that article. But I think it's cool that Getz put this on his website, for his government website, because he's at least... He's extending the courtesy and the credibility to this author, Jim Little, that he deserves. You had a really well-written article where Mr. Little presented the facts, uh, put the quotes in there from get from Gates, and described the difficulty that they had uh, getting this information about these UFOs over Eglin Air Force Base. A little down the article here, it says, we were talking about Getz. He says, we were not afforded access to all the flight crew. And initially, we were not afforded access to images and to radar data. Thereafter, we had a bit of a discussion about how authority flows in the United States of America. And we did see the image. And we did meet with one member of the flight crew who took the image. Gates said the pilot told him they were doing a test flight over the Gulf of Mexico on a clear day when four objects were identified on radar flying in a diamond formation. Gates said he personally seen the radar system from the incident. Quote, one of my pilots goes to check out that diamond formation and sees a large floating, what I can only describe as an orb. Again, like I said, not having any human capability that I'm aware of, Gates said. And when he approached, he said that his radar went down. He said that his FLIR, his infrared camera system, malfunctioned and that he had to manually take this image from one of the lenses. The three witnesses at the hearing said Gates' story aligns with their own knowledge of UAPs. And it kind of goes on and finishes up. The great thing about this is that uh, Matt Gates has posted this on his uh, government website. So there's a record of it. And this way, down the road, if someone decides to do some investigation on this, They'll have that to go to. It's part of this official record, I believe. Very cool stuff. Now, I want to finish up here. And this is, uh, I got this off the Black Vault, the uh, blackvault.com. And it's 
about a UFO event that happened back, it says July 25th, 1969. Now, it's a slightly redacted version, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. It says, for official use only, and then it says, uh, Mirandum for record, 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time, Friday, 25 July, 1969, subject, UFO report, or, then it says, Chapter 11, a current credibility imbecility, gullibility, or hysteria of the under 30s. So we're telling you, this could be a UFO or it could be some kind of mental illness. At approximately 1000 cent Central Daylight Time, Wednesday, July 23rd, 1969, undersigned received a telephone call from an airman, this Air Force base, wishing to report a UFO seen by him and another airman. Arrangements made for both of them to come to ADF at 1500 same day. Both reported at 1504 and were interviewed by undersigned. Well, they were four minutes late. That's a big deal. The two USO, U.S. Air Force Airmen wore A1C James and last name redacted. So uh, I'm SN, I'm some kind of number, SSAN, so that looks like they've redacted their numbers. Age 24, college graduate, BA in psychology, Bloomfield College. Bloomfield, New Jersey, June 1967. Duty Site Development Specialist Surveyor, AFS 55330. Second one says Airman. Looks like he's got his name blocked out. Age 20. Completion of two years. Miami Dade Junior College, Miami, Florida. Majoring in architecture. June 1968. Duty Draftsman. And then has his Air Force numbers there. So you got, looks like an officer and another young guy that works as a draftsman there in the Navy. It says, brief summary, both stated that on Tuesday, the 22nd of July, 1969, they were returning from Miami, Florida in a 1959 automobile owned by blank at approximately 0200 CDT, so I'm assuming that's 2 a.m., right? or 0300 Eastern Standard Time for locality. The car heading west on US Highway 98 toward Eglin Air Force Base stalled somewhere between Carabelle and Appalachicola, Florida, approximately 2,448 north and 8445 west. Both claim they saw a round UFO, white collared, circular shape of half dime size with lighted wings and an inverted V extending from it to the ESE, that's azimuth approximately 110, 115, so east southeast, I'm sorry. Neither could estimate altitude. They stated that it was generally stationary for the next two hours, but occasionally moved slightly to the left, to the right, upwards and downwards in 90 degree motions, then returning to its position beneath, above, or to the edge of a stationary cloud, oval in shape. Both were unable to estimate the size of the cloud and insisted that it remained stationary for two and a half hours while other scattered clouds drifted in from north to south, culminating in a thunderstorm around dawn, 0500 to 0530. They estimated angle of elevation 50 to 60 degrees above the horizon for the UFO. Sounds like this thing was hanging out there with a sister ship or a mothership described as a cloud. That's what it sounds like. Although in the U.S. Air Force, neither had ever heard of a coelometer, ALC, the college graduate seriously made the statement to me, of course, no planet is visible to the naked eye. I spent 
a minute enlightening him, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, to say nothing of planet Terra, Earth. I think maybe what that guy meant to say that there was no planet that they could see. I'm not sure. Weird. But it gives you an idea of what this person taking the report thought of it. Both airmen were aware of a lighthouse near Carabella and surprisingly identified it as a lighthouse instead of as a second UFO. Both reported no aircraft flying, negative sound from the UFO. One reported seeing two meteorites fall in the south over the Gulf. Both have been traveling with stops only for gasoline, meals, etc. since 11 EDT, Monday, July 21, 1969, from Miami, Florida. Both stated the fact that because the inverted V-shaped UFO mystified them, they felt it to be their duty to report it. it. We want to know what it was to satisfy ourselves. I refrain from advising them that if their curiosity is aroused, they should have remained in the Apalachosha area that morning and queried the local police, newspapers, etc. This guy's not happy about having to take the report. That's pretty clear. The interview with the two airmen required an hour of my time, 1504 to 1610, July 23rd, 1969. Well, this guy, he really thinks of his time as being super valuable. I guess that's why he was so upset about the four minutes he had to wait on him. On Thursday, the 24th of July, 1969, I used up just another seven hours of time. Oh, boy. Neglecting more important duties at work. On this UFO, including the making of eight long-distance telephone calls, Audubon and commercial trunk charged to Eglin Air Force Base. These, car, these calls are briefly summarized below. Tyndall Air Force Base, Florida, I think is the extension, to the Wing Intelligence Officer, an ADC wing. I spoke to a Major Tumulty and a WAF Sergeant Fox. Negative information from both on any Tyndale Air Force, Air Force Base actions in the area of UFO sighting. Sergeant Fox, at my request, gave me the telephone number to Port St. Joe Telephone System for the U.S. Coast Guard Lawrence Station, Cape Sands Bloss, near Appalachia, Florida. And it goes on down here. It says, Cape Sands Bloss. I interviewed ET2 James Stingle for approximately seven minutes. We were approximately 55 miles west of Carabelle and 24 miles northwest of Appalachia. We have a lighthouse near here with revolving beacon. Our station has standing lights, floodlights around it in the shape of an upright V. We have no airfield or ciliometers. At my request, he gave me the telephone number of the USCG station, Appalachia, Florida. USG station that goes on talks about them. He, they ask about the lighthouse apparently. He talked to the aviation test board. He goes on and says that they here they called the sheriff. We have flown no aircraft today. He says we have a small landing airstrip without cellulometers or searchlights. Sometimes Tyndall Air Force Base fly in at low altitude over the Gulf. He goes on down and talks to another Lieutenant Hawthorne. He doesn't see anything. So he just basically goes on here for about two and a half pages uh, complaining about having to do his job, and that is take a UFO report and saying that he talked to several people and nobody else saw anything, so I guess it must not have happened. His conclusion is he says, I telephoned AIC and informed him briefly of the gist of subpars and then blah, blah, blah. I then inquired if he wished me to proceed reporting the UFO or if he wished to withdraw it. He insisted on leaving it up to me. I equally insisted that the AFR 8017 did not permit me to decide it, that I needed this A or nay. Finally, somewhat reluctantly, he agreed to withdraw his UFO report 
re-emphasizing that he and the airman blank felt that it was their duty to report it. So this is how people are treated. They report a UFO. They send somebody to take the report from them. Somebody who is completely disinterested, upset that they're wasting their time, angry that they have to do it. They make a few phone calls. Nobody cooperates it. So instead of reporting the, the UFO like you should have, he calls somebody back and he says, do you really want me to report this thing? Well, I guess not. So we're lucky, I suppose, that we even have this report right here. And it goes on. This continues on a bit. It, the guy signs it, Ben Z. Gershahater or something. Gershahate. I can't really read his name. And it has a little memorandum attached. It says, the above explains reasonably completely without going into excruciating exquisite detail the fiasco for this unidentified flying object, which now become another unidentified flying object in ADF's files. A copy is being sent to the command post for more info since most UFOs are, were first reported to it and to an SDO internet. The copy is being sent to the PIO Lieutenant Keefe's ADE in case the Franklin County Sheriff's Office leaks this one to news media in Northwest Florida. I, a copy is being sent to the UFO office, FTD, and then it just lists a bunch of other places. It says, I informed regard the silver-collared cone-shaped kite over the town and county shopping center in Pensacola, stationary in broad daylight, otherwise self-explanatory. So this guy, he says, oh yeah, well there's this you know, one of those giant flying cones over shopping center, you know, an advertising stunt they do. It must have been that. Just, you look at the way people are being treated today. Matt Getz goes to Eglin Air Force Base. Three, three, three U.S. congressmen go down there to Eglin Air Force Base. And to begin with, the Air Force Base tells them to go pound sand. Finally, Matt Gates says, look, this is how things work around here. We fund you, you know. You, you do what we say, not the other way around. So they let him see a picture, and they let him talk to the pilot that took the picture. But he doesn't get to talk to all the pilots. He doesn't get a real full view of things. He pretty much gets to run around. They create this tiny limited hangout that he can say, okay, well, they did show me this. This compartmentalization of information, hiding everything, okay? And here we go back to 1969. A couple of these young Navy men report UFO, and they get this... Obviously, a non-believer, a debunker. He feels like it's a waste of his time to have to do this. He probably spent more time complaining about doing it than he actually did it. If you read this report, it could probably be about one third as long as it is. I mean, I think half the report is him complaining about having to do it. That's his attitude. He didn't want to investigate UFOs. He didn't care about UFOs. They should have. They should have called on somebody who cared about it, who wanted to investigate this stuff, who wanted to uncover the truth. But they do just the opposite. Here we are, 1969, 2023, still hiding things. Oh yeah, the DOD is hiding a lot of things. Even hiding $1.55 trillion that they can't account for. Did they actually lose that money? Or was that money just uh, somehow uh, dribbled into places they wanted it to be at? Or was it dumped into some sort of black op operation? Think about it. If half the defense spending in this country, which is a lot, were to go into these back-channel black op operations where we have no access to, imagine what they could be doing with a trillion and a half dollars of your money. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.